With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Welcome to another episode of Amherst Weekly. I am your co-host, Chad Dedemenesis, and as always, on this podcast, I am joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, how are you on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and actually a warm Sunday in this area for once? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I was at a hockey rink this morning and walked outside, and I was like, holy crap, it's beautiful out, so... <laughs> Things are things are going well. Uh, you know, we kid hockey team won some games this weekend, and the Emmerichs won a couple of great games this weekend. So things are trending in the right direction. Well, it sounds like everything's going good in Rochester. We're meanwhile in Buffalo, everything is burning into the ground. But we'll get to that. I guess we kind of have some news to talk about. The Amherst got a new player. It appears uh, Remy Ellie was placed on waivers yesterday. He cleared it today. So, what's your kind of feel on? I guess the Amherst new winger they're going to have down there. Yeah, it's all positive news. Um, you know, Remy Ellie has, I know he didn't work out for the Sabres, but he has Calder Cup playoff experience with Texas last year. So I imagine, you know, he maybe hasn't put up the best numbers. You know, obviously everyone knows that in the NHL, but in the AHL really hasn't maybe done all that much either. But, you know, he's got some valuable playoff experience. Um you know, something that this team lacks, you know, he's going to bring, bring NHL experience, which is valuable. Um, so, I mean, it's depending on the next move that follows, the conversation could change, <laughs> but you know, for now, um, you know, what he's, he's bringing uh, some experience here and we'll see what he can do. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to crunch the numbers yet, but it almost feels like the Amherst are going to have more NHL experience than the Sabres are going to have developed AHL experience. So that's something to let that sink in. And it's probably right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we'll kind of go from there. I mean, the, you know, he's going to add to it. And, you know, the Emmerichs are six, one, one and one in the last nine games. And the only loss was, you know, part of the streak was when Kevin Porter came back from injury and Scott Wilson was assigned. So, you know, adding the leadership and experience is, is paying off. So I guess that transitions to our next topic. You know, you mentioned Scott Wilson. So I guess I'm going to pose the question to you this way. Uh, so the Sabres have an open roster spot now that Ellie is down. Uh, Johan Larson, I guess, is questionable with the 
mystery lower body injury that came out of nowhere uh, over the weekend before the game on Friday. So they have at least one roster spot open. Uh, they're going to need a forward. So I'll, I'll, I'll pose it to you in two questions. One, who do you think should be the one that's called up? And two, who do you think will actually be the one called up? You know, I'm kind of, you know, I, I think it should be CJ Smith. There's no, no question about it. They can't even call him a kid. You know, he's a professional. Right. He's college. He's, you know, he does everything right. He came back after being sent down because of contract issues. And he knows that. And, you know, he didn't have the American League pout. He came right out and performed. And, you know, he does night in and night out. So, you know, the goal is to get better. And, you know, the goal is to develop. There's, to me, it seems like, hey, it's CJ Smith that has done everything the right way and should earn that. Now, you know, reading a lot of other stuff out there, it seems to be that Scott Wilson is going to be the favorite call-up. And from a network's point of view, you know what? The, the fan side of down here will be, they yeah, don't have Adam. You know, he's a great player, great leadership. And, yeah, but it just, you know, and I'm sure part of it could be, hey, he's on an NHL contract. And, right. And away he was buried down here. So, you know, what you got to do the right thing and call him up. But. That, that's you know is, is he going to be the difference maker and win the games that doesn't seem that way so you know i mean the funny thing about tj smith and i guess it was kind of maybe transition to our two games over the weekend it feels like maybe on a on saturday against hartford when that le move was made maybe he uh smelled a little blood in the water there with his two goal performance he had on saturday <laughs> against hartford yeah there, there's no doubt i mean it's but that's that's the way he's played every you know every game since he came back you know he said it himself it sucked coming back but he knew why, you know, he knew it was because of, you know, say his contract issues. And yeah, that's definitely, you know, he went out there and scored two goals and, you know, helped the Emmerichs win on Saturday night. So, you know, he's doing everything right. And there's going to be a, you know, we try to focus on the Emmerichs obviously with this podcast, but from a Sabres point of view, it's I question, what are they, you know, what are they doing? But, so that'll be, uh, you know, another topic we can follow up depending on what the next move is and who gets called up. But, you know, CJ has done everything right. You know, from last year, they let him play the whole season and he did everything right then. Keeps doing this year. You know, he scored two big goals in the win on Saturday night. And, you know, just every shift is, you know, he's a dominant player. So to look at the games from this weekend, a 3-2 victory over Binghamton being, beating Corey Schneider again. And then, like I mentioned, a 4-1 win over Hartford, uh, both on the road. So uh, how did the games go this weekend? Anybody in particular, I guess besides C.J. Smith, who we just talked about, stand out to you in those games? Yeah, it was it was team effort. On Friday night, there were, the team went down 2 nothing early. There was a kind of a bad turnover in their own end early in the game. I think it was four minutes into the game. And then, you know, it was started as 20 seconds in the second period. There was a... Running goalie was just kind of a, you know, a pylon cone standing in the middle of the ice. Got one around them, scored. But good news is the team, the team didn't take their foot off the gas at all. They didn't kind of be like, all right, well, that's it. It's over. They just, they kept playing and it paid off. They scored a shorthanded goal by Yannick Veyu. And I'm sure some people out there are probably like, who? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's that guy? Um, but, you know, he scored a great goal. The, Second goal to get him, you know, next tie the game was by Tyler Randall, who is, you know, somebody else who, you know, he could be like, who's that? But, you know, that's 
one of the games where, you know, like everyone talks about having depth on your roster and two right, guys right. that are just known for being fourth line grinders. They kind of kept the team in the game and got it tied. And that's what led to the Victor Olson game winner. So, you know, credit to him for that shot and getting the game winner. And then, you know, it couldn't have happened without a full team effort and two unlikely goal scores making it happen. You know, and then uh, Saturday night was kind of, you know, kind of similar ways. Talk about CJ Smith having two goals, but, you know, Eric Cornell scored two goals as well. You know, there's another player who, you know, he's on an NHL contract. I think everybody knows he's not going to be going up to the NHL anytime soon. Right. But, you know, he, he fills a role down here and, you know, he stepped up and scored a couple of big goals and that led to two road wins, which was, you know, those games could have gone either way, having the all-star break and four games off and, you know, everybody was off on vacation and different places. So, you know, at the, they talked about it being a mental break and it seemed to pay off and they got two wins out of it. So they sent, uh, it's this, this morning, you know, they sent Jonas Johansson down back to Cincinnati. Uh, is that an indication and sign that Wedgwood's probably going to be ready to get back in there by, at least back up by Wednesday? Yeah, you would think so because the Emmerichs play on Wednesday. So, you know, I'm not sure what Cincinnati's schedule is like. So it's, doubtful that you know would be you know hey go back there and play because that's not something they do so yeah i mean there really wasn't any updates at you know end of the week as far as wedgwood goes um you know they did say redmond's injury wasn't as bad as they initially thought so he could be ready to go in a week or so but yeah definitely good news if johansson went back that should mean wedgwood is gonna be ready to play and you know they'll have their number one goalie again you know, we talked about Johansson before, and it's an interesting thing to me. You know, I mean, he's a guy, the former second-round pick, but, I mean, in his time in the AHL this season, you know, five games, 2.26 goals against the average, 9.26 save percentage. I mean, you, you got to think. I mean, it, I guess maybe their plans maybe more of him to get more of a role next year, but he's 23 years old. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder if they keep bringing him up and he keeps playing well in his appearances. And as we get close to the playoffs, maybe is there a chance they can – start maybe trying to get him a better look and see if maybe he could be that goaltender they maybe want to roll with, or you think they're kind of locked into Wedgwood and Wilcox this season? Well, they're, they're definitely locked into Wedgwood. Um, you know, Wilcox got his first win in six or seven games. It was so, you know, he, he's played a decent role here, but yeah, you have to imagine they're going to give him, you know, want to give Johansson a look. And when it comes time for the playoffs, you know, is he going to be the number two or is it going to be Wilcox? Um, you know, as of, Right now, you'd have to, yeah, I would say it's got to be Johansson stepping into that role, you know. And then obviously they want to see what he can do for next season. Is it going to be Wedgwood and Johansson next year, or is it going to be you know Johansson and another vet goalie? Um, you know that'll be interesting to see how things shake out. But so far, I mean, Johansson has done done well when he's come up and fit right in, you know. And just to, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, Randy Sexton was on the sports bar, the local station out here. And he did say that uh, UPL will be in Rochester at the end of the season once his junior season is done. So, you know, you're going to then have another goalie who, depending on how the Emmerich season is going, they, you know, may, you know, have the chance to give him a look too. Interesting. That's, I did not know that. That's interesting. You know, for me, for Lukanen, at least next year, I, I think, you know, everybody's excited about him, the 19 year old kid who's tearing up the OHL right now. But I, I think next year, if you're asking me, you know, if you're asking me from my perspective, what I think it'll be, I think it'll be a Wedgwood Johansson AHL, and I think they might give, you know, UPL maybe an EHL, ECHL season uh, as a starter, right. get a lot of games, a lot of experience. I mean, again, 
he's only 19, 20 years old. There's no need to rush this kid. At the very least, he's three, four years away. But, you know, I just want right. to quell, I think, some people's thoughts like, oh, he'll come in and be the starter in Rochester <laughs> next year. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I say, uh, I always joke, you know what, this was not comparing him in any way, but Adam Dennis once tore up the uh, OHL as well, and, you know, they, they tried to shove him right into the AHL, and it didn't work out. So, you know, they, they have the right goal in mind with developing goalies, and, yeah, there's, you know, UPL will be in Rochester at some point, probably the end of the season, and, then you know, there's going to be people saying, all right, he's ready, now he's, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons they've developed Cincinnati into being a winning team as well, because, you know, if he goes to Cincinnati and they're winning games, you're not going to be miserable being in the ECHL playing those games because you're playing on a winning hockey team. And, you know, that's probably what has helped you Hanson as well. Right. No, I agree. And there's no need to rush him either. I mean, you have Carter Hart, uh, right. Carter Hutton and, you know, Linus Lamarck in the NHL. So there's really no, there's no panic or need to rush a goaltender who arguably could be, you know, really the future in three or four years. So. No, overall, no, they, you know, the goaltending future looks, looks pretty good. And, you know, look at all markets, you know, three years in Rochester it paid off and yeah, the, the future still looks good for, you know, the next, what, three to five years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Moving on from the goaltenders, so one thing before we get into the games ahead, uh, you know, it's a three-game week coming up here, so before we get into that, I kind of quickly want to ask you, there was a lot of discussion up here in Buffalo on, you know, at the very least, the top three forwards, you know, kind of who should be called up. You know, there's Smith, uh, Nylander, Olofsson, uh, Danny O'Regan, they're all in that mix. Uh, personally, my view on it is I would go Smith, number one, call up, O'Regan, number two, and then uh, Olofsson is number three and maybe Nylander right there, but I'm kind of just curious, you know, if you're maybe top three forwards who you think are deserving uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, C.J. Smith has to be number one there. There's no doubt about that. Daniel Regan has to be number two. You know, he's just like C.J. Smith, you know, night in, night out, performing, scoring goals. Uh, you know, he's leading the team in goals scored. You know, he may not be that flashy name with a nickname and draft pick, but you know, a guy that's got experience and, you know, he's performing every night. He's got to be a number two guy. If it doesn't work out, hey, that's send him right back. Um, Olafson, I think, is third. I think he's getting the C.J. Smith treatment where kind of last year it was just a play every game, perform, develop, and, you know, you're going to get your luck. Um, you know, I think those are definitely top three, C.J. O'Regan and then Olafson, and, you know, they're all they're all doing the right things. and scoring goals and making plays happen and getting points. So it'll be interesting to see if the team agrees with that or not. Um, you know, if it's anybody outside of those top three, got to be some questions asked. Okay. Very good. Very good. So to wrap up here, looking ahead, uh, three games this week, starting on Wednesday uh, with Syracuse. And then on Friday, it's Springfield and at Utica on Saturday. So Syracuse home, Springfield home, Utica on the road. What's it looking like this week? Yeah, the Syracuse game is going to be a tough one. Um, you know, eight games remaining for the rest of the season against Syracuse and, um, you know, players and fans alike. But, you know, last game was a was a close game, and that's they lost in overtime off the opening faceoff. But you know, we already talked about that. So Syracuse is going to be their race right top of the division. So it's going to be a close game, but, you know, it's definitely winnable. Uh, Springfield is the team that they were embarrassed by earlier in the season, losing nine to four. So, That's right. and, uh, 
I believe it's Hall of Fame night, so have to think that's in the back of their minds, and they're going to want to get payback for that because that was an embarrassing game all around. And Utica is going to be another team. You know, it's the team they've played. We I don't know how many games they've lost against them in the regular season, but it's a good handful amount. So, you know, the Amherst are on an eight-game point streak, and uh, you know, if they can continue, you know, there's no reason they can't win all three games. I say that every time. But, you know, it's for good reason. They're all teams they can beat, and especially with two divisional games in there, it's, North Division is close, and the Amherst are going to want to lock up, you know, stay at the top so they can get that home ice advantage. Even though they play better on the road, it's still something. You need to keep winning and trending in the right direction with the tail end of the season because last year at this time, they kind of plateaued, and it cost them once the playoffs started. Yes, sir. Very good. So we should – Probably have an interesting conversation next week, depending on who these call-ups here. So it'll be interesting, and then plus we have three games to talk about. So next week should be a very fun week, uh, you know. So we'll we'll look forward to that. But you know, I appreciate your time this week. Hopefully, the Amherst keep things going. So at least there's one hopeful slash winning uh, club in this organization because things are muddy, muddy, depressing up here. We'll kind of see how this week goes for them. But you know, that Chicago game took a lot of wind out of the sails up here. But you know, hopefully both can go on. We see that every week, but it hasn't happened in a few months here. But at least it's good to see yeah, Rochester just, uh, succeeding. Yeah, at least you have something positive to talk about. It's a good thing we started this because, you know, your pressure probably pretty high if the only thing you did were Sabres podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still pretty high, and we do both of these. So I can imagine it'd be even higher. All right, man. Well, thanks for the time, and we'll, uh, we'll talk next week. All right. Thanks, Jed. Have a good one. Stay